Welcome to Rebuilders. My name is Liddy and I'm here with Mark. How are you going? I'm doing well. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. And to you, sir. Thank you. And happy St. Patrick's Day to any of our Irish listeners. Yes, which there are a few. Hello, all our Irish friends. Yes. And I mean, if you're not our friends, then that's okay too. Yes. <laughs> Every one of our <laughs> listeners is a friend. Yes. Friends of Rebuilders. Yes, friends of Rebuilders. Uh, we did also just eat some donuts yeah. um, from a great shop called Shortstop. And some of those donuts were green. So yeah. that's our little tip of the tip hat. Of the hat. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was about to do that in an Irish accent <laughs> no, and then um, avoided yeah. for obvious reasons. That's good. Because I wasn't going to do it well. Mm. Uh, so it's St. Patrick's Day. You actually mentioned St. Pat in like a little message you recorded at home yes. a year ago today. Yes. Um, right as we went into yeah. intense pandemic zones yes, across yes. the world. Which feels like three years ago, seriously. Um, mm. And it's interesting, like, yeah, when you think about the emotions at that time, how everything was shutting down, we were sort of entering into this this period. And I think at the time, people started, you know, a lot of people started listening to Rebuilders because like, how on earth do I lead through this? Yeah. And I think the question we're almost asking now is, you know, if we're sort of in the third quarter of like the pandemic, and I know that's different, different places in the world, yeah, um, yep. there's vaccination programs or ability to control it, but you sort of had that sense of, a lot of people around the world are emerging back into in-person services. Some yep. have been going for a while. But how do you sort of re-establish? How do you reconfigure your church? Um, how do you lead at this process um, in this time? And I guess we've sort of come up with a few pointers of yes. how to think about that well. Yeah. So, I mean, it's abundantly clear at this point that we're not returning to normal. Yeah. We're not going back to how things were per se. So there is the great question of how do we move into this new era yeah. um, and do it well and lead well. Yes. Um, but it's important to understand this particular time and you're calling it a grey zone. Yes, yes. So I have a few points to think about this 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 time and the first one is this is a grey zone. Yeah. <laughs> so I think like early on when, you know, you think about it, you thought, oh, the pandemic will end and it'll be this very clear moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, But what it's looking like is it's going to be really hard to know when this is over. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to be over at different parts of the world and that, you know, and and I, I remember when this first happened, um, there was a bit of a meme going around on online. I know there was a Chris Farley clip from the David Letterman show <laughs> yeah. where Chris Farley just arrives and is just going absolutely crazy, high-fiving everyone. And a bunch of people were putting that up online saying, you know, this is pastors putting this up saying, this is me when the pandemic's over. But there's not going to be like what we're discovering. We're back in in person. We're also yes. doing online and smaller yeah. groups. Is that There's not a moment where, oh, the pandemic ended and everyone's back in the room. Like our congregations have changed. They've changed Completely. internally. They've yeah. changed in composition. And um, I think that's true all over the world. So first thing is to, yeah, to think of this as a gray zone. So understanding gray zone is really key. So mm -hmm. if you're going to operate anywhere, you've got to have an orientation of where you are. That's yep. your compass. That's your map. And so where we are, I see, is there's something bigger than going on than just the pandemic. Because what people have been facing the last 12 months is, yes, it's the pandemic, but it's all these other social changes that were happening before the pandemic that have been accelerated, some of that have merged during this time of the pandemic, is that we are not entering a new phase. We're in a phase in between phases. Yep. So if you can imagine a Venn diagram and there's the last phase yep. that the world was in, which really, you know, I think was a phase which, you know, was we've talked about before, was a phase which tried to achieve stability, yes. promise people this super comfortable world, 
promised them that they could achieve their dreams, particularly in the Western world. Mm. And, you know, that started to wobble over the last sort of five, six years. But then the pandemic was like the ultimate disruption. Yeah. And then these other disruptions, protest movements around the world, people yeah. demanding renewal and change and sexism, racism, political corruption. Um, you know, you've seen the culture war, you've seen all this stuff going on. So the next phase hasn't emerged. Mm -hmm. So if you can imagine like a Venn diagram, we're in, we were in the last phase, we're seeing that a new phase is emerging, but there's an overlap in between where yeah. the rules of the last world, where the rules of the last <laughs> phase are still in existence, but new ones are emerging. And it's like no one's in control. Yeah. It's you've got people sort of like trying to say, oh, we've returned to normal, but then there's there's fake news, there's disinformation, there's criticism of institutions, there's arguments over everything from geopolitics all the way down to gender. Like what is the definitions of the world? And you've seen this, this reality where leaders are leading not just the pandemic, but this incredibly fractious reality. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is to understand this is not your normal leading environment. We are now in grey zone and we need to learn how to lead in grey zone. So basically we need to learn how to lead in chaos. Yes, yes. Now the second point is to lead well in grey zone or chaos, you need to reframe this moment for your people. Mm. So if we look at chaos and grey zone, that sounds scary, that sounds frightening. And there's an element where you know it challenges us. Mm. It challenges us because all of a sudden the things that we could put our trust in that we understand what's going to happen in a period of time, that there are cleared upon agreed things that even now seem up for grabs in even in your own church and your own yeah. people, even amongst your friends. And I just want to just say too, like I've had a number of leaders who said have just written to me and, and shared and listened to um, uh, this podcast where they think they did not expect is they understand there might be this faction in their church there might be this group of people over there who disagree with them. What they didn't expect was actually their friends would disagree with them. Yeah. That's really hard. And uh, so there's this sense where we need to reframe this moment, even if it's challenging us, because this is a reframing for us as well as the people we're leading. Yes. That grey zones are hard, but they are renewal-rich zones if you know where to mine for the renewal. Okay. So uh, – there was a guy called Sinjin Philby. Great name. Uh, he was the father of the famous double agent, Kim Philby. And Kim Philby was famously got to the, I think, the second in command of MI6 or MI5 and was a Soviet agent. Anyway, his father, <laughs> uh, his father was sent by the British government um, and oil interests to Saudi Arabia to find these vast amounts of. Uh, oil that were underneath the surface. Saudi Arabia okay. was a poor country at that time, but underneath the surface there was vast untapped uh, reservoirs of oil. He couldn't see them. He could just see a desert. and But he had this intuitive sense that underneath that vast desert, there was vast untapped reservoirs. And I want to say this about this moment. Yeah. You, are, you are Sinjin Philby. <laughs> standing in a desert looking at this vast like man nothing lives here it's like 45 degrees people are going to die out here but Sinjin Philip knew that Sinjin Philby knew that underneath that was vast amounts and I believe that at this moment there's vast amounts of renewal and faithfulness mm. but we just have to have eyes and we need to break the surface to see um, but before we get there there is a potential roadblock before we start digging deep down into the, the earth for renewal. 
All right. So it's a time primed, ready for renewal. Yeah. We're leaders. We're seeking yes. it. Yes. What's the roadblock? Okay. So the roadblock, and this is point number three, is you have to be wary of another zone. When Sinjin Philip was Sinjin, I keep calling him Sinjin Philip. When Sinjin Philby was in the desert, you don't want to be in the desert. It's baking you. You're getting burnt. It's dangerous. You could use your life, lose your life. Well, you want to be anywhere but the desert. You want to seek another zone. Yeah. If you're in grey zone, you want to seek another zone. And there is a huge temptation that you miss out on what is underneath the surface by going to the comfort zone. Run into the comfort zone. Or danger zone. <laughs> Which is a danger Kenny, zone. <laughs> yes, yes. Kenny Loggins. But we'll, we'll get you to all the, went there, I know it. Yes, we'll get to the importance of Kenny Loggins in a second. Okay. Um, but what, what a comfort zone is, a comfort zone is actually a contemporary modern phenomenon. And a comfort zone was something which sort of began to be spoken about really in the 1980s. And a comfort zone was a psychological state mm. that people got into when they felt a sense of comfort in their minds. It's a feeling rather than a reality. Yeah, okay. And so it's this psychological state. Um, Judith um, Bardwick, I think was her name, wrote a book on comfort zones. And she said something really interesting. She said comfort zones are a combination of entitlement and fear. Entitlement and fear. So the entitlement comes from I should be able to find, I shouldn't be in a gray zone. I should be able to, through an exertion of my will, find a psychologically pleasant space where I don't have to experience what's happening in the environment. Mm -hmm. So it's like this little hut you create. It's a little shelter that you create. Uh, some might even say it's a golden calf you create in the wilderness. Ooh where you feel you have a right to not feel what is happening outside of that. Yeah. Now, again, too, don't want to beat up on people because like, there's a sense where that is totally understandable in what we've gone through psychologically last year. And it's been difficult. I really want to say that. This is more a leadership function, sorry, a leadership reality that you go to, which is, as Kenny Logan said, a danger zone. Yeah. So a comfort zone is a danger zone. And the other side of it, what, what Judith Barwick said was that there was also the fear element. So in a sense, I shouldn't be feeling this, but then underneath that is this gnawing sense of fear. Because why? You fear that the grey zone is going to get you. Yeah, you or fear. that you lose control, right? Exactly, exactly. So what a comfort zone is, is it is the insertion of the spirit of control. The spirit of control. Yeah. Now what's really interesting is, if we think about the story of Elijah, Elijah finds himself in a great spiritual battle with the prophets of Baal mm -hmm. who have supped at the table of Jezebel. Jezebel and Ahab in their sort of weird controlling passive sort of bizarre relationship that they have um, also is often a metaphor for the spirit of control. Mm -hmm. And Elijah, after having this incredible, amazing spiritual victory over the prophets of Baal and God has this incredible breakthrough moment, this miraculous breakthrough, is that what he does then is he then finds himself on the run and he finds himself in the wilderness. And what he's running from, he finds himself and he tries to create this little sort of like comfort zone and his comfort zone is this place of self-introspection and even self-pity. Mm. And it's actually in this place where it's like, this is a crazy thing. So what happens is that the spirit of control then comes against the spirit of prophecy. Elijah is prophecy. He's running from Jezebel and he finds himself in a gray zone, but he's seeking a comfort zone and yeah. he's in the danger zone. 
So this is really key. So the first thing is understanding you're in a, a gray zone. The second thing is reframing the gray zone as a uh, potential site of renewal. Mm-hmm. But the third thing is recognizing that what will stop you is the comfort zone. Now, how does the comfort zone stop you? The comfort zone stops you because it offers you the possibility of still doing your vocation yeah. in your comfort zone which is the promise that you can still grow. You can grow your ministry. You can grow your ministry goals. You can grow your influence over people. You can grow your Instagram followers on online influence. You can grow your spiritual name out there, but without growing internally, Mm. without growing internally. And what God does is God ministers to Elijah in the danger zone of the comfort zone in the midst (laughs) of the gray zone through not a spectacular thing. He's just experienced the spectacular. Mm. But what he ministers to him with is the, the still small voice. And the still small voice is actually the recognition. It's a different kind of internality. It's not an yes. internality of feeling good. It's an internality. Is that even a word? Uh, look, it I've is made now. It up. Let's go. I should have just kept going. It sounded good. An internal reality of the Holy Spirit within you guiding you not good feelings guiding you. I'm going to say that again. Yeah, it's probably worth it. (laughs) The comfort zone is good feelings guiding your inner world. The still small voice is God guiding your inner world. Now, this is really important because Farid Zakaria says in his book, 10 Lessons, I think it's for a post-pandemic future, he says one of the 10 things that are happening at the moment is you've got people all across the world um, who are moving down the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a, a sort of like a table of needs from top to bottom of importance of what humans look for to find meaning in the world. The top yeah. one is self-actualization. It's usually expressed in a pyramid form, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. And then down the bottom are very basic shelter, you know, food, etc. And what's really interesting is most people probably listen to this. If you're in the developed world, particularly if you're in the Western world, you know, including places like Japan and South Korea, if you, if you have grown up in a country which provides for all your need, you have been operating at the top of Maslow's hierarchy looking for self-actualization. Mm. You have been looking for, I, I want my job to give me a sense of meaning. I want my relationships to give me this sense of meaning. I want all these things to give me a sense of meaning and ultimately give me a comfort zone where I feel good all the time and fulfilled everything in doing. And then I'm finally reached this sort of secular form of salvation, self-actualization. Mm. Now, what Farid Zakaria says is that what the pandemic is moving us down Maslow's hierarchy, mm. down to much more basic needs. And in many ways, uh, at the top of that pyramid is comfort in control. So I'm going to have comfort, but I've got to be in control. Yeah. The gray zone takes you out of control. And weirdly, the temptation to have a spirit of control and overtaken by the spirit of control often comes at the moments when the environment pushes you out of control. Yeah. If that makes sense. Really interesting. Um, Katie Ellis does some uh, research with younger people. She texted me um, in South Australia and Adelaide and she said some of the research that they're seeing that she's doing is showing that actually young people um, who are living through this pandemic, like sort of Gen Z, are actually finding themselves like a year ago at the top of the sort of like hierarchy of Maslow's needs 
and now they're finding themselves down down. So she's seeing this in real time, what Farid yeah, Zakari right. is saying. So that you, if you're leading as a leader two years ago, you're leading people and you're tr- you un- un- probably unwittingly are trying to answer their self-actualization needs. Yes. We're now leading people who in real time are being brought down Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah, okay. Okay. So what happens is when you go from like the top half of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is finding comfort, of control, comfort in control, the bottom half are more survival Things. So basic needs basic for human needs. survival. So, so the top half is find yourself. The bottom half is protect yourself. Which is why we want to go to the comfort zone, right? Why we want to go to the comfort zone. And so fear then becomes the dominant thing. Fear is everywhere. Fear of, you know, are oh, we going to be cancelled as the church? Or fear, I could, you know, this could happen. What's happening to the culture? So it's like fear is flying through the system and it's more than just about fear of corona. Mm-hmm. Um, there is fear flying through the system. So... The fourth thing is that the opposite, what Elijah does is Elijah, through listening to the small voice, submits and says yes to the way of obedience. Mm. The way that you find the hidden reserves underneath the crust of the gray zone, deep in the earth, is actually through obedience. Mm. That a seed must fall to the ground and die. So in a sense, we in the gray zone are invited on the process that Jesus talks about in Mark's gospel of taking up your cross and die to yourself. Yeah. Your daily sense of dying to yourself through this pandemic, through giving up control, through saying no to the spirit of control, through saying yes to the still small voice, which we actually have to stop and listen, God begins to do this new thing in us. Mm. Where actually we move away from the comfort zone and all the danger zone that comes with the comfort zone and we move into the obedience zone. When we are in the obedience zone, we begin to align with God's will in the world and in a time of gray zone where our identity comes under tremendous pressure, we reconnect ourselves to our God-given identity to be stewards in the world and then we can participate with him in building renewal in the world. So, that's that's the last point. But I just want to just, I guess, take us out with this encouragement. Mm. During this last 12 months, the people who may emerge turn up at your in-person gatherings, the people who may turn up at your church and you've never seen them before because they've joined you online, uh, the people who perhaps you thought you knew 12 months ago have been on a process of wilderness. Yeah. Some of them will have gone to the comfort zone. Some of them will want to stay in the comfort zone. There is a comfort zone reality to wanting to make everything go back like it was before this all happened and in a sense go back to Egypt. But God has been doing what he does. He's a cosmic gardener. He has been planting seeds, watering them, growing them. His spirit has been tending the garden, hovering over the unformed mass. And I believe that one of the ways that we are called to lead at this moment is look for the seeds of renewal. Mm. As Sinjin Philby in the deserts of Saudi Arabia, eventually he found those vast reserves of oil that transformed the Saudi kingdom. There are vast reserves of faithfulness. There are vast reserves of growth that people have had to go through. There are people in your community who may not be the ones you expect, but actually have listened to that still small voice. Yeah. And they are that resource then becomes a remnant. So leading after this is leading in gray zone, you must lead with a remnant mentality and you must look for where is the hidden resources that lie untapped and out of the remnant, out of those resources of seeds that have died and entered into resurrection power, then comes renewal. Mm. Then comes renewal. 
So this is a renewal rich zone. We have to lead differently, look differently, but there is tremendous, incredible potential in this moment. But we have to listen to the still small voice. Great encouragement. Thanks so much, Mark. Uh, in the next few episodes, we may explore a little bit more of the grey zone or in some coming ones. So thank you so much. See you next time. Thank you.